Welcome back to Optimistically Salty. My name is Tracy, and I guess that we're going to start talking about feet today, which for at least half the people I know is weird, but for me, totally normal. So enjoy. So let's talk about feet, shall we? Maybe about three years ago or so, I first got into hearing about like barefoot shoes. I had crazy bad plantar fasciitis for a year. Um, When I went to a podiatrist, (laughs) this still pisses me off to think about it. They gave me like these boots to sleep in that would hold my feet up. And basically said, go home. Um, And I was like in so much pain. I had just started jujitsu and um, being on the mat with jujitsu seemed to be helping. But I remember like we would be running laps in the morning and I just could not handle it. It hurt so badly. Um, My coach, Max, uh, is a PT. And so I went to see him for my plantar fasciitis. And I remember... Like, after a session, I'd be able to walk again. I had exercises to do. I had homework. So I felt like, you know, locus of control was in me. And I really took on my foot care at that point. Um, The podiatrist that I saw had me order these, like, really comfy, cushy flip-flops that are like Crocs. And I think back about that now, and I'm just like, what a mess. (laughs) That whole experience was. $500 of wasted money to get nothing from that podiatrist, but I digress. So one of the other things that Max did for, um, for me was the cupping on my calf muscles, which hurt so bad. It was excruciating. It was so painful. My calf muscles were so tight. And when I think back about it now, like that was what was needed to relieve my plantar fasciitis. Like that was a major thing to help release that tension, that pull. And about a year before the plantar fasciitis started, I had been wearing barefoot shoes everywhere all the time. And they were actually just a pair of like rocket dog ballet slippers, but I wore them constantly and I never had foot issues when I wore them. My feet never got tired. They were never sore. They were in really good shape. And then those poor little shoes wore out and I did not find a replacement for them. So the shoes that I started wearing tended to have a little bit of a heel or something to them. And then my activity level changed and it was just a downhill slide from there. (laughs) So the plantar fasciitis was addressed. I had had it for a year before I finally had relief. And now I'm waking up in the morning and just feeling like achy, achy joints, achy feet. I'm not as active with quarantine life. I'm so that's not helping. There's extra weight pressing on my feet. That's not helping. But I really just started thinking, I better start taking care of these things (laughs) if I expect them to keep me going. 
So early on in my adulthood, I was a licensed massage therapist, and that was when my obsession with feet began. And I would not call it a fetish, it's just a fascination, let's say. And I would just marvel at how different people's feet were. I wanted to like take a picture <laughs> and create a book of feet because I was just so fascinated by how unique everybody's feet are. I look back on that now today trying of like chuckling at myself because now I fully understand that people's feet are shaped differently because of their footwear. Like feet are like hands. They all are the same. And then we jam them into shoes and we change their shape. And we get, you know, bunions and hammer toes and all these other things because of our footwear. And we lose our ability to have proprioception and we lose our balance as we age and get older because our feet are less and less on the ground. And I think about the seniors when I was teaching yoga at the senior center, their shoes were so thick and they had a thicker heel. So they always had like a wedge. So their toes are being jammed forward into their shoes and you know, all of them, they do not have any toe flexion. One day I brought toe spreaders in for all of them. And some of them, their toes were so tightly compressed together, we couldn't even get the toe spreaders in between their toes. And I'm talking like paint your toenails toe spreaders, not any huge blocks or anything like that. And so we talked a lot about foot care and about toes and talking about stretching the tops of the toes and things like that. And they, I think, think we're begrudgingly grateful <laughs> for the series I did with them about their feet and we talked a lot about how you walk and practicing walking and ankle stability and strength and all these other things and suddenly with quarantine I'm realizing hey you were teaching it and you're not doing it so how do you start to address that for yourself and I did a little bit of research and talked to a couple of gait specialists before I found some toe spreaders that worked for me. Um, they're called Correct Toes, and they're kind of expensive. I'm not going to lie. I really pondered it for a few days and researched before I bought them because this is something you can get on Amazon for like $15, and these are like $65. But when I saw the difference and I have now been wearing them for a few weeks, I realize I made the right choice. So I'm happy with them. Um, but learning how to let my toes relax and how working all those muscles into your arch strengthens your foot so that you can have more balance. And now I have a lot less foot pain day to day than I did before. Um, as most of us have at some point jammed our pinky toe or broken our pinky toe on like piece of furniture or the edge of the bed or something I have had to work through a lot of like arthritis in my right foot just trying to help that poor once broken toe <laughs> to heal as well um, but one of the other big parts of this for me has been learning how to walk with a proper gait and when I was in jiu-jitsu we would always run at the beginning of practice. And I noticed, you know, a lot of us are like huffing and puffing and running and pulling. And when I, when I was working out a lot and I was stronger and I was in better shape, I was able to run faster 
but I still ran the same way where I was like heel striking and my posture was like really curled forward and I could barely breathe. And I would see a couple of my teammates come to mind specifically, which I might just name drop here, Chris and Derek, who would just be like these gazelles. They were light. They were barely breaking a sweat and they were up nice and tall. They had this beautiful posture. Their arms were pumping like with the rhythm that they were running and their steps were very short strides. And I was just completely fascinated by this. Like, how are they running like this so quickly? They're lapping the group like five times and I'm dragging myself around this ring. So I have learned that when you are walking, you're supposed to step onto your heel. And when you run, you're supposed to land on the pad of your foot behind your toes. That that's like the cushy, shock-absorbing spot that you're supposed to land for running. And one of the big mistakes that people make is that they try to take too long of a stride. And if your hip flexors are tight and your glutes are underdeveloped and your hamstrings are tight and your calves are tight, it's going to be really hard <laughs> to get the correct muscle mechanics to run properly. So I'm starting with walking, not running, but I am taking these, what I would call painfully slow, mindful walks around the neighborhood. And I'm not going very far because it takes me a pretty long time, but I've got my toe spreaders on. And as I'm walking, I'm making sure that as I take a step, when I step forward, my front heel, that like kind of cushy pad, maybe like two inches forward on your heel is the part that's hitting the ground. But then I also make sure that my back heel is staying on the ground until the front foot hits. And then really articulating through the toes, pulling the foot forward and stepping again. And when you keep that back heel on the ground as you step, you're gonna be forced to take a shorter step. That was one of the big things I noticed that I feel like I'm just taking these baby steps right now. But also I'm very aware of my glute muscles are the ones that are pulling through the motion instead of it being like the momentum of just like falling forward. So instead of this fall step, fall step, fall step, it's a really intentional engaging the muscles, making sure my pelvis is tipped under. Um, I tend to have that back pelvis tilt that women like to have. <laughs> Maybe we don't like to, it's just, I see it more in women than men. Um, but engaging my core so my pelvis is even and then making sure I'm actually holding my shoulders up and my head back and tall. And then just really, it's like the most interesting mindful walk I've ever done in my life because I can't have a phone conversation. I can't talk. I, all I can do is like work through this checklist in my head over and over and over again, like heel down, fire from the glutes, pelvis tilted under, shoulders back, chin back roll through the toes over and over and over again all the way around the neighborhood and I'm sure my neighbors all think I'm crazy but that's okay I'm kind of in an age where I don't really mind being weird so that's what it is the other side fascination this has been going on for many many years but one of my favorite things to watch on YouTube is ballet dancers 
because I think they're the pretty much top level athletes. <laughs> I'm fascinated by how much energy and effort and strength goes into everything that they do. But over quarantine, I fell down this little rabbit hole of learning about toe shoes and really actually paying attention to ballerina's feet and seeing how strong they are and how they're shaped because they have that flexibility and that strength in their feet. They have like the most normal looking feet aside from, you know, blisters and all that. Um, but they've got these higher arches and they've really learned how to use what they've got where the rest of us have just kind of jammed them in shoes and then momentum fall walked our whole life. So one of my fascinations with this, which I knew at some point I would share is watching them with their toe shoes, like how they prepped their toe shoes before practice and to hear them talk about their ankle strength and flexibility, their toe strength and flexibility. They talk about all the different parts of their feet. And I think I like it because they know themselves so well. They know, oh, I don't have a very strong, I don't have very strong ankles, so I need to have this support from my shoe. It's not, I need to fix my foot so that it can work in any shoe it's this is the shoe that works for me because this is what my body is this like self-acceptance get the thing that helps you idea really makes me so happy I guess so just side note geek out on that <laughs> so I guess that concludes our foot update um, if you are interested in more about feet um, my primary source of information has been Katie Bowman. She has two books specifically about feet. And then she also has a lot of books about restoring natural movement. And I've talked about her, I think back in January is when I was talking about her. And I was talking about cell phones and how our posture is changing. So one of the other big things that I've changed in my life and I've talked about this here and there, but is that I've really been sitting on the floor a lot more instead of sitting on the couch. And I kind of was just trying to challenge myself, but now I notice every time I sit on the couch, I start to get migraines and my back is sore and I move back to the floor and my body feels better. My knees aren't hurting anymore. And I'm just like, dang it. <laughs> it's extra work to get up and down off the floor every day. You're constantly like shuffling and moving and adjusting your body because it's not comfortable. But because it's not comfortable, I'm just like moving all day long instead of melting into a puddle and doing like homeschool mom stuff on the couch all day. I'm up and down and all around instead. So, um, so Katie Bowman is my my go-to resource. I found a couple of others that I'm really enjoying on Instagram, but um, I would have to look them up and tag them in the notes. And let's see here. What else is going on? Unfoot-related. Hmm. Yeah. Everything else is pretty much the same. <laughs> the kids are homeschooling. Um, 
in Arizona, I don't know if any of the school districts have gone back. Our school district has specific parameters around whether or not the kids will go back to school. So it's kind of looking like October and my kids are so eager to get back to school. Um, I think they've had more than enough mom time and they need to go out there and, you know, see other humans. (laughs) see their friends and not be constantly mommed. So I'm excited for them to be able to get back as soon as possible. Um, I know a lot of people still have a lot of fear around COVID stuff. Um, And I guess I just, to each their own, you know, we all have our own reasons for having fears that we have in our life. Um, fear is a really big thing that I've been in research land about recently. So when somebody's like, oh, oh, I can't, you can't do that. You can't do that. I'm just kind of like, well, (laughs) what is that tied to for you? Like what insecurity, lack of control, um, what is that tied to for you that makes you so fearful? Because, you know, your kid went to school flu season last year. And probably, hopefully, maybe we'll go again this year. So this is just kind of part of being a human is maybe figuring out where your fears come from before you put them on everybody else. (laughs) On that note, don't be afraid of your current shoes, but maybe, just maybe start thinking about what your toes are shaped like. There's my fear, my fear for you. So, all right, I'm going to go ahead and wrap up here today. Thank you guys so much. And um, next time I'm going to have an update conversation about food. And that's just going to be my fear topic, I guess. So thank you again. And as always, stay optimistic and a lot, a lot salty. (laughs) 